by yourself We on a go Yeah, hey, You ain't a friend of me If you used to envy me Don't petty me Keep that same energy You ain't a friend of me If you used to envy me Don't petty me Keep that same energy Yeah, yeah uh, We was in the trenches Now look how we out here ballin' Popped up in the max Now we floorin' in the fallin' We ain't do a showin' like a John Schuler, it's me, Brandon Gore. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Brandon Gore, the myth. Yeah, nice to meet you, buddy. Good to be here today. Got exciting news for you. Over the moon. You do. Over Go the moon. It. Over the moon. Let me tell you something. Maker Mix, SEC, GFRC, 76 grams TBP, 20% ice is the most styled mix in 20 years of doing this. I've never seen a mix like this. So yesterday I cast a modern Muskoka chair. I've cast hundreds of these chairs, hundreds. And when I cast them, it's a deep mold. Uh, it is thin, it's one inch thick. And when it goes down into the form, air gets trapped as it comes up the wall. And the old mixes with polymer, it would like foam. Like I'd put Dawn dish soap in it. Didn't matter if I was using a polymer from uh, Fort, you know, like Forton, or if I was using the Buddy Rhodes polymer, I tried the concrete polymer, I tried uh, the Blendhouse polymer. All of them did the same thing. It would foam, 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 yeah. bubble up like lava. And that would harden. And when I demolded the piece, I have to grind it off. When I popped the mold off, it would look like the, the surface of the moon, just millions of craters. Some of them as big as silver dollars, some of them, you know, all the way down to the BB size air pockets. And I have some of these chairs in my shop. When people come to classes, they see it. The point is, yesterday I cast one of these chairs with my young apprentice, Aiden, and I was telling him, bro, you have no idea, because we poured it, and it was perfect. We didn't vibrate it. We didn't shake it. I used to slosh the form around. I used to pump concrete into it. I used to do all these crazy, wacky things to get the air to come out, right? Didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Poured it. Let it be. No, no boiling, no bubbling, none of the foam. None of that. I was like, dude, you have no idea. People have no idea. People think I'm just being a salesman when I say on the podcast, this is the best mix ever. You have, you know, this is insane. They're like, oh, you're just saying it to sell a mix. I was like, I right. wish, I swear to God, so I said to him, I wish they would just cast it one time. They have a frame of reference because all they know is what they've been using, which is what I used for all those years. Try it. So, so I okay. just demolded. The reason I'm so excited, because literally five minutes ago, I demolded it. I just demolded that chair I cast yesterday. I've cast hundreds of these using every method and mix you can imagine. And this is by far, not even close, by far the best chair I've ever cast in my life with oh, the sure. least amount of work, least amount of work. Yeah. So not cleaning a pump for an hour afterwards, not, you know, not doing all the crap I used to do. It is the best chair and it is a hundred percent the mix, a hundred percent the mix. That makes all the difference. And we'll get to following directions, but directions are important. Precision is important. If you follow directions precisely, you get very consistent, precise, repeatable, high-quality results. And that's the secret to it. Yeah, what I, what I was going to add to that is anybody listening, uh, you know, an appreciation, because so, it's one, like, almost so, what does that mean? You know, I mean, what would be really cool is to see the tight corners, the tight lines, the, the straight angles that you have in that chair. You know, um, what, you know, maybe a, not a super in depth, but a, a video that some kind of reference that what you're explaining, you know, going into the mold and et cetera, et cetera. And, and ultimately, I mean, this is a reality. Most people just, just come to a workshop and you're going to see it. That's when it makes so much more sense. Um, otherwise order it, do your own hands on, 
and then you'll see what's what's you know what we're talking about, what anybody else is talking about. You'll because, see the light. You'll see. Well, they'll see Jesus. the light because. And like you say, so you're not cleaning pumps. You're not doing this kind of stuff. The other thing is, I mean, again, clear if I'm wrong, it probably came out incredibly clean and clean on the mold. So you're not spending a whole lot of extra time. Yeah. You know. So the mold. Cleaning. Yeah. The mold, the, the old mix I used to use, old mixes, I tried them all. But the one I stuck with for a lot of years is Buddy Rhodes. I tried concrete. I tried blend house. I tried, I even got some Trinic stuff. Somebody brought me, I didn't buy it, but somebody brought me some. I tried it. Didn't work good for me. So the Buddy Rhodes is what I use for, for most of them. And they'd end up with thousands of air pockets. And every mm -hmm. place there was an air pocket, that uh, little bit of concrete that was against the surface of mold would bond to the mold. So I demolded the back of the chair. That's where all the air got caught was the back. It'd be covered in concrete that had bonded to the mold. Then I have to take it into the washout area, get a little, uh, you don't want to use a razor blade. You don't want to scratch the fiberglass because it's fiberglass mold. So then you have to get like a plastic razor blade and gently scrape the water and then take a white scotch bright and scrub it really good and get it all clean. I mean, you spend a good 30, 40 minutes just cleaning the mold. Yeah. I popped this out by myself. Nothing. Zero. Perfect. Mind blown. So what I will do, John, is tomorrow I'm going to cast another one. I will live stream the mixing, Okay. So when I mix it, I'm going to live stream it. No editing, no, oh, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't, you slaked it three times. You didn't do this. You, no, I'll live stream yeah. it. From the time I pour the water in, the time we're done mixing, I'll live stream it. You'll see the mix consistency. 76 grams plasticizer, one pound of fiber, AR fiber per bag of mix, and 20% ice. And it is precise. It is perfect. It is the best mix I've ever seen. And uh, we're doing a 3% loading of jet, which is... You know, as far as pigments go, a low loading for most mixes, but for maker mix, it's a high loading because it's so yeah. much more, you know, effective at color density. So 3%, it's a really dark color. But anyways, it is a phenomenal mix, phenomenal mix. And then what I will do, I'm not going to show, you know, the mold is kind of proprietary. It's, it's, it's a secret in a way. Right. Um, so I'm not going to show pouring it, but what I will do is I'll take some photos close up around the corners where I used to get all that bubbling and show that. Another thing I'll do is I will uh, take a photo of the back of the chair of this chair and I'll take a photo of the back of a chair that's in my studio that was cast with Buddy Rhodes mix and show the difference. And it is night and day. And believe me, when I did that Buddy Rhodes chair, I did it the best I could. So I was following directions precisely. I was casting precisely. I was vibrating. I was shaking. I was doing all these things. It's not even the same realm as far as the quality of the surface and cleanliness of the surface. And it's all mixed. That's the only difference is mix. I yeah. did less with, with this one than I did with that one as far as trying to get air to come out. And it came out a thousand times better. Yep. Yep. Well, you're preaching to the choir here, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. The tough. So, I guess what as we move forward, some of the things in this podcast I'd like to address. I'm just going to call them tech support. You know, I get we get, and I'm sure you get them too. So, per the conversation we just had, one of the things I do get is either a text or you know messenger or something like that. And I think you probably get them too. Mm -hmm. and, and almost prove it to me. Yeah, you know I, know, I, I got mean? that today. I got, I, did you, dude, did I got it. I didn't tell you about this. So I got <laughs> no. a, a, a instant message or direct message or how you called on Instagram. But somebody that uh, follows us, the podcast and, and other things. And he said, essentially, like, prove it. He's like, send me a photo close up of your GFRC to show there's no fiber showing. 
And I, was, I was getting new mm. tires on my truck, so I was sitting in my truck just waiting. I, I sent him a text back. I'm like, bro, either you believe me or you don't. Like, I have no reason to lie to anybody about this. I don't have any vested interest. You can spray face coat if you want. You can use PVA fibers if you want. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I pour yeah. SEC, GFRC, direct cast, and the fibers do not show. This chair I just demolded, not a fiber showing, not a fiber ghosting anywhere. It is perfect. But either you believe what I'm saying or you don't believe what I'm saying. I have no interest in, in you know, taking photos up close and, and proving things. It's like, we're doing this to try to help you. Like, you know, right. we're, this information we're given, we're not getting paid for this information. We're doing it to try to help you. We're trying to help everybody elevate their concrete game, make better concrete, make it easier on you, higher quality. We're doing this for you. And if you want to take that advice, great. And if you want to say, eh, I don't believe you, I think you're lying to me. Okay, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. I don't care, but I don't have time to, to prove things. So, Well, and, and that along that whole lines, I, I guess I'm willing to put out there, anybody listening, is I don't know if that's a universal law. You know what I mean? And, and maybe that's where the question's coming up. Is so-and-so saying, hey, prove it to me and you've known me long enough, then my answer comes back like, you mean prove it to you using Maker Mix or prove it to you using your mix or, yeah. you know, your water cement ratios or because sometimes, and I've said this many times, especially when I call people back or, or I think we even talked in the last podcast when a, a lot of the small t details get left out sometimes when somebody just read something that they think someone else is doing. They take it for, for let's say face value. They try to implement that in what they're doing, but what didn't get discussed is the five or six or whatever number of little small things that made his, his or her use possible. And that's what I would say. If whoever threw that and they throw them at me too sometimes. So my answer often comes back to like, okay, I, I don't know if I can prove it to you in what you're doing. So if you're having the issue in what you're doing, then make adjustments accordingly, run your own test because maybe this sounds like me being a jerk, but that's not up to me. Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't fix your problems if you're still working with what's creating your problems, if that makes sense. So pick up some of the materials that we're discussing follow them. And then I would say just the opposite. Instead of me proving to you that I'm not lying, prove to me I'm lying, yeah. you know, run it, do it the same way. And then if you come up with something that just is a fibery, nasty mess, and it was done with maker mix, with the water, with the TV, slake the way with the, all the instructions, yada, 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 yada. Okay. Then we'll have a discussion because I know 90 other people following that aren't having the issue. And so there seems to be this kind of 1% on, on the fringe, you know, maybe more, maybe 2%, I don't know, on the fringe. So I don't mind working with those guys to get them into the fold. That, that, that's the difficulty. Here's my opinion of, of it is precision is critical. Precision in batching your water, precision in batching yeah, your ice, precision in batching your TBP, precision in batching your fiber, and using the correct fiber. I know some people have been using HD glass fibers and having some problems. We don't recommend HD glass fibers. High dispersion. They no. break up. They turn into cat hair. It wrecks your, your flowability and usability of the mix. So don't use HD. I repeat, 
do not use HD glass fiber. Don't do it. Use yeah. bundled glass. Yeah, I literally just got that today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Uh, pictures from somebody like, say, like, hey, John, you know, I, I ran your suggestion and this, it really, is this what it's supposed to look like? Because it's really tight. It's really, and I would almost call it almost my version, again, very subjective, a loose clay mix to maybe a tight ECC kind of mix. What's great about that in, in this situation, yes, using Maker Mess. Yes, following, use the plasticizer. Now, obviously I'm not there, so I take for granted that everything was measured properly and so forth and so on. So at that point, yeah, I get this picture. It took me, you know, one visual to write him back and go, uh, you, you had HD fibers. And then he got back and, oh yeah, well, I thought that's what I needed. No, man, yeah. no. Don't use, Don't use HD. Don't use HD. Well, where I was going with what I was saying was back in the day, I went to a person's shop and I was helping them mix. I was helping them do a project. And they were taking, you know, they weren't, they weren't weighing water. They weren't even measuring water by volume. They were just taking a hose and spraying it into the bucket, right? Plasticizer. Mm -hmm. They were using Grace Adva 555. They took the jug. They had like a one-gallon uh, pail or gallon and half, whatever it is. They took the lid off and just bloop, bloop into the mix. Didn't weigh anything. Didn't measure anything. No volumetric measuring. They were just taking a scoop of sand, a scoop of Portland, a scoop of sand, a scoop of Portland. When it got time to add the fiber, just a couple handfuls. Eh, it looks about right. All right. Yeah. yeah. The most unpredictable, unreliable, unrepeatable mix you could ever do is by doing it like that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's what some people are doing, but what I'm saying is precision is critical. I have extremely consistent, extremely repeatable results every single time, but we weigh everything to the gram. We weigh ice, we weigh water, we weigh glass fibers, we weigh TBP, we weigh pigment. And so what I know from 20 years of doing this and 20 years of seeing things go sideways is 99.9999999% of the time when there's a problem, it's a human error. So I've been mm. mixing, I've mixed thousands of batches of GFRC. And I have guys working in my shop. We have this happen in classes sometimes. You know, we'll, we mix and I look at the mix and it's like, it's just like water, you know? <laughs> well, what's going on in this? I don't know. Did you double the water? No, I did exactly what it says. Did you double the plasticizer? No. Okay. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Dude, I did yeah. exactly what, what I was supposed to do. Okay, so you did seven pounds of water? Yeah, and you did this and you, yeah, 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 and I did all that. No, you didn't. Somewhere no. along the way, something happened here. The chemistry didn't change. The concrete didn't change. Somebody here made a mistake, and that's okay, but just realize that's what happened. No, there's no way. There's no way. I know I did it right. I mean, I've heard this hundreds of times in my shop, but I know for a fact it's wrong. Something happened. The Portland didn't change. The sand didn't change. The fiber didn't change. None of that changed. What changed was somebody had their headphones in or listening to something. They measured out water. Then they're like, oh, I got to measure water again. They measure water again. They don't even think about it. They just dump it in the bucket. Whatever it is, it's human error. 99.9999% of the time. If you take the time to batch things correctly, you will get extremely consistent results every single time, especially with a mix like Maker Mix or Rad Mix because of the quality of blending. You know, this isn't done in some podunk garage where people are throwing it in a barrel mixer and letting it spin a couple times and dumping it into bags. You know, there are some right. blenders out there that, that bag products that way. This is done in an extremely controlled, extremely technologically advanced uh, blending and bagging facility where we know for a fact that things are being dispersed properly, that the proper ingredients and proper amounts are ending up in the bags dispersed at a very high rate. 
if there's a problem, I can almost guarantee with a thousand percent certainty, it's a human error. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we've all done it. I've done it. I've done it. You know, uh, one of my, what I call my gram scale uh, has an 11 pound capacity and you can switch between, you know, pounds, ounces, grams, so forth and so on. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, I hit the button to change from grams to pounds or whatever. And, you know, without even thinking about it, I weighed it up. The mix went totally sideways. Oh, because even though I pushed the button twice, because that's what it takes to go from or grams to pounds, I pushed it too quickly. And so I ended up on ounces. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or you go and to like, my shop, uh, my scale goes in two ounce increments, my hanging scale. And that, for whatever yeah. reason, just scrambles your mind. I'm like, John. Uh, yeah, it messes with me every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven There's and a no half question. pounds will be seven, eight on that scale because it's going in, mm-hmm. it's in ounces and two ounce increments. No, it doesn't right. make any sense. I'm like, just just believe me, okay? I use the scale every day. But every- no, but <laughs> that's a perfect, you know, that's actually a perfect example because how many times when I've come out to your place and we mix things up the day before or whatever. And that's, you know, nature of the beast. It makes me feel comfortable, run some test batches, et cetera, et cetera. And I stand there and I'm looking at him like, oh, that's not right. And you're like, yeah, man, that's not right. Yeah, that's not right. And then, you know, what did it come down to? Yeah, great. Okay. I, you know, I was off in water because what I measured as whatever. Seven and a half point, was seven and yeah, a quarter. Whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, was off by, you know, X amount of ounces. And mm-hmm. I, you know, because I was looking at the scale. Yeah. But, you know, if you've done this long enough, whomever, even a, a new at it, it only takes a few runs to get your consistencies down. And if you don't hit those consistencies, you know, something's off. Yeah. You, you misweighed your fiber, you misweighed your water, you misweighed your TBP um, or plasticizer, whatever. I mean... Within reason, that's what it's going to be. Yep. That, now, that opens a whole nother can of worms for people still batching their own materials because that's, again, that's a whole other. Did you put enough sand, enough cement, enough pozzolan, assuming you're using it, you know, whatever the case may be. So, which is, again, if someone want, if you want to be consistent, so anybody listening, you know, preaching to the choir, if you want to be consistent, and see consistency, there's ways to achieve that, and it's not running loose and goose. That's the way it is. Yeah. Well, the cheapest way to do it is to use Maker Mix. That's the cheapest way to get consistency. The next cheapest way is to use Rad Mix and batch, batch your own cement and sand, but you're adding more variable to it. And then the least consistent way is to batch your own cement, sand, poslins, you know, And if you have something like Maker Mix, you're never going to batch all those ingredients, but you might have three, four, five ingredients you're batching, depending on what you're doing. And uh, that opens up a lot of room for things to get off in your mix. 100% agree. Yeah, that's why I'm not going back, and lots of other people are not going back. But, um, yeah, so I'm trying to think. Tech support issues. You know, I still get, just like we just described, the HD fiber, still get quite a few fiber-relateds. Um, fiber combination. There was uh, one of the guys in Poland running his own mix, had some, you know, I'm going to say minor cracking issues. Yeah. And that's his own mix, not maker mix. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was his own mix. Well, and that was a weird one too, right? So 
he actually asked the question. I don't know if it was on the it's on Kodiak ICT. Page. Oh, was it on ICT? Yeah. 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 So oftentimes I've seen, depending on what page people ask questions, there's some very quick assumptions that happen. Like number one was, well, clearly when he asked the question, people thought he was talking about maker mix. Yeah. Right. I thought that was kind of odd. So there was a variety of, of answers and so forth coming back based on maker mix. And it turns out like, well, no, he was doing his own mix and he's in Poland, I believe. So there's no maker mix over there. Although, which is a whole different discussion, the materials finally showed up in the UK. Yeah. Must have been like 20 years. Martin those. Yeah. Right. When did that ship? What year is this? Was it 2002 know, that it man. shipped? I think it was 2002. Yeah. I don't know. It, they took it over in a rowboat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they got caught in the Bermuda Triangle and finally Ugh. found their way out. But yeah, um, yeah. so we got to get Martin back on. Speaking of that, Martin and Ashley, now that uh, it's been so long, I'm not even sure if they're there. <laughs> They've aged. Yeah. They're probably in a nursing yeah. home by now. <laughs> Martin retired or something. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, but anyway, so I, I do hope that uh, even in Poland, I don't know the cost and stuff getting in there, but it would be amazing to get a frame of reference. But so the assumptions, this immediately jump and some of the answers thought it was make or mix when it was not. And, you know, just some small variables and some generalities, people like, oh, you got to ask. I love these ones. And I say love sarcastically. Sorry. When so-and-so is like, oh, put an SRA. Okay. There's like a thousand versions of SRAs, powders, liquids, uh, based on surface tension, expansion. I mean, that is like, I don't know. I mean, that's such a general one. It, it kills me when, when I read stuff like that. So put a suggestion. How about follow through with maybe some examples of the SRA that you are suggesting, and then maybe he can find something similar wherever so-and-so might be who's answering the question. So I'm just throwing that out for anybody who throws suggestions out there. You know, try your best to put a few examples so that a person knows what you're talking about rather than just being, you know, so arbitrary with acronyms, SRA, because that in of itself, there's a whole, I mean, that's a whole can of worms in what it means to be an SRA. Sure. So, and, um, well, a comment that I found interesting on that thread was somebody said that they get shrinkage with maker mix, and but the essentially the person that made that comment, they're dosing their fibers too low. The PVAs, they're underdosing their fibers, at least from what I understand. Last, the last I heard, yeah, yeah. Now I have not, I have not spoken to him. That's why I didn't really address it. Uh, he was on my hit list when I, I mean, a good hit list just to give a call and have a conversation. <laughs> John's with, over there like polishing his guns, got his list, yeah, his right, Sharpie, uh, putting camo on um, his paint on yeah, his face. I mean, this material has been tested in so many ways that for someone to be like, to, to throw that. Well, hold on. I'm not saying hold things on. don't shrink. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. But here's what yeah. I was going to, here was the end of my thought on that was, yeah. If you under underdose your fibers, which it turns out a lot of people are not right. putting we enough PVAs. That, right. Yeah. But if yeah. you do that, the fibers, John designed this mix with the fibers, quote unquote, being used as part of the aggregate of the mix. It's not just Correct. fibers per per the normal use of fibers. 
And so the fibers are very important. And if you're like, well, I'm going to save some money. I'm going to take some fiber out. Well, it's like the same thing as pulling sand out of the mix, right? You have to have the right amount of fiber in the mix for a multitude of reasons. But Mm -hmm. by not doing that, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And yeah, if you you don't put the fiber in or the proper amount of fiber in, you might get some shrinkage. That's why you put the right amount of fiber in. Agreed. And when, and when you say fiber, what I'm, the proper amount, anybody, when you get into this end of mixes, because I, I did get in a little debate, actually with the Remick, he's like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, no, yes, man. Because when you start getting into materials that are this dense, there is any of the raw materials you look at, whether it be the cement, the sand, whatever we're talking about, they all occupy a certain volume. So you take a chunk out of whatever we're talking about. So let's say sand. If I pull a third of the sand volume out, what does that do to a mix? Especially when you put the same, let's say six pounds of water, but you pulled out 10, you know, a third of the actual sand. Well, the whole water to material issue becomes, it's not longer a water cement thing. You change the whole you know, absorption ratio, uh, the fibers are in there based on an aspect ratio and a volume ratio. All these things matter um, a- across the board. So, yeah, when, when just anybody realize when you do that for whatever your reasons are for doing it. And I think oftentimes it's for flow. My hope is not financial because, you know, the difference between – Whatever, three port, three quarters of a pound of glass fiber and one pound of glass fiber is the difference of what? Forty cents? <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the cost of recasting the piece is exponentially higher than whatever that amount of fiber was. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially if those things pop their head up because whatever, because you tried to save a buck or two bucks in fiber. So I don't think that's it. I think at least from the from the people I've talk to who are like, well, I'm using this amount of fiber because, you know, I wanted to use Well, I'll use a specific example. So I think even Joe Bates was doing this. He was using like 120 grams somewhere in that. I can't remember exactly 120 grams of PVA 15s, you know, per 50 pounds of maker mix. And he had a reason for it. I mean, in a totally legitimate reason, which was flow. He was trying to achieve flow. And he did. He achieved that flow, but the trade-off was he was having some shrinkage issues. There's no no qualms about it. And when I say shrinkage, you know, sometimes, you know, pulling back early from the forms or, you know, cracking the corner of a sink or whatever the case may be. You guys, if you're going to use that and flow is what you're looking for, then back, listen to that last podcast again. So use your 100 grams of PVA 15s. I'm certainly okay with that if it achieves your flow, but you need to bring something else in. Um, Half-inch AR bundle glass. Again, not HD as in Henry David, which stands for high dispersion. Do not bring in a heavy load of Hell HD. Hell damnation. <laughs> there you go, because that's what it will do. <laughs> yeah. It'll turn it to a cow patty pretty quick. Um you know, or for whatever reason, you don't believe, and even running your own testing, you don't believe what we're talking about with bundle fiber. Well, then fine. 
at least go into, at least what's available right now, would be the PVA 400s. Something needs to be brought in to make up for that fiber volume to compete against, you know, leaving it out of the mix. Yeah. That's just the way it is. You know, I, I mean, just carve it in, carve it in concrete. That is the way it is. And manipulate your fiber loads around flow. I'm okay with that. But don't manipulate it by just cutting your fiber loads in half. I agree. That doesn't make any sense. And yeah. you don't have to use half-inch AR glass fiber. You can use three-quarter inch, no. 19 millimeter. That's what I use. Right. I prefer the three-quarter inch. John prefers the half-inch. It's, it's all preference. John and Hiram will tell you that half-inch is slightly better. But slightly, yes, yeah, slightly. It's so imperceptible. And for yeah, me, it's imperceptible for me, yeah. the three quarter inch, I get better flow because there's less fibers in the mix mm -hmm. per se, it's still weight. But if you counted the fibers, you put them on the table, one, two, three, four, there's gonna be less of the three quarter versus the half inch because you're doing it by weight. So I get better right. flow. And so that's why I use three quarter. But if you don't have three quarter, you have half, use half. It's going to be nearly the same. Mm -hmm. And vice, or versa. vice versa. Yeah. If you can only get three quarter, yeah, well that, then use three quarter, bro. It's not going to hurt anything. It's, it's so yeah. imperceptible. Completely. I yeah. mean, <laughs> in fact, it, um, talking to him today, he had some of the three quarters, the guy accidentally, well, I, here was the thing. It wasn't an accident. He just, it was a clearly a misunderstanding. He legitimately ordered the HD fiber because he thought that's, that was what he was trying to benefit from. You know what that and reminds me it of? It was not. Because he heard us mm. say HD, and he just said, yeah. oh, HD. So Must be HD. Like 10 years ago, when I first started using ICT, I was showing a guy how to apply it. And I said, spray it into the applicator away from the table. He was sealing the table. Mm -hmm. And then apply it to the table. Do not spray it directly on the table with a spray bottle and then try to work it in because you'll miss stuff. It's going to yeah. land all over the surface yeah. and it'll harden up. Got it, boss. Right? I'm like, right. I got to go. <laughs> I leave. I come back. The whole table looks like like frog skin, just warts all over. I'm like, dude, what did you do? He's like, well, I sprayed it on the table like he told me to, and then I started started rubbing it in, but it dried on me. And I don't. I'm like, dude, I said, do not, no. don't spray it on the table. Oh, I I just heard you say spray it on the table. I'm like, oh my god, dude, he did, he missed the first part of it. So I think what happened is this person, we're saying, do not use HD, but maybe maybe they were distracted for a second. And I said, oh, HD, that's what I need, HD fiber. So yeah, do not, do not, do, do not. not use HD. Yeah. Well, except in specific situations. Do not, do <laughs> not. Yeah, me and John yeah, talk I, about this. John, I know. John, John, I'll just say, say no. Say I'm no. Like, well, what about in this situation? No, no, just tell him no. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Well, and I'm, I'm willing to say it, it's most likely me. You've told me this many times. There's lots of people tell me this many times is I end up spitting out so much information when I should probably just say, yeah, no. Yeah. No. Because here's the deal. When you no. over explain something, when you give people all the, the variables, their mind will weave the path it wants to go. Right. right. Well, John said, John, no, yeah. no, John said I could use HD. No. Yeah. But it was only in these circumstances. And this is yeah, one of the circumstances. Very few circumstances. Oh, yes. I didn't, I didn't realize that. So if John just says, don't use HD. Okay, well, there you go. Problem solved. Yeah, see, that's funny because as you very well know, so I just ordered 
a bunch of fibers. Like I, I brought acrylic fibers back in. Um, I brought in some HDs. I brought in the bundles, the PVA 400s, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things to, to answer, you know, people's questions, even my own, is I may bring acrylics back in. But, you know, I'm going to say 99% of the time, I'm not going to be using acrylics. Acrylics, again, per the last podcast, the only reason why I'm even going back to those is because PVA sevens look like they're not going to be available for a while. So to achieve my looks, you know, my surface finishes and et cetera, I need a finer fiber. And if PVA sevens aren't going to be available, then I'm going to have acrylics to fill in that gap. And then I'm going to use the right around to achieve that. You just did it again. You just did it again, John. I know. You know how many people are buying acrylic fibers right now? As we're, as they're listening <laughs> to this, people are online. Acrylic John fiber. said. Yeah, I just heard John say, acrylics. use acrylics. Yeah. You just did it. Well, but if, if sevens aren't going to be available, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And same with the HDs. I mean, it's possible don't under certain it. circumstances. But, you know, it has to be a very specific circumstance. And that being said, it's not going to be, it cannot be used for primary reinforcement. So, you know, these kind of little, they are specifically a secondary reinforcement not, or I don't know, let's say a surface finish kind of thing. So let's see, what else, what else was a, a tech support of late? Mm, oh, pigments. Yeah. Pigments. I just cast this chair with 3% loading, which is on high end. I cast some, uh, jet recently at 2% for a project and 2%, 3% are nearly the same color. But this uh, edition of the chair, it's called the carbon edition. It's darker. So I did 3%. And 3% is super dark. It doesn't mess up the mix. It doesn't cause foaming. It doesn't cause it to be chalky. It doesn't cause it to be weak at 3%. But I know some people out there are still using carbon pigment. They're dosing at mm -hmm. high loadings. Do not do that. Jet pigment is a blend of carbon and oxide that's optimized for a mix. And not only that, it's the size of the particles. John has specified yeah, yeah, we, the size, yeah, which is super important. Yeah. It's probably the it's most combination, important part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So particle size and then the gradation of the, the oxide in the, the carbon yields a super dense color at a very low loading. You're not doing yourselves any favors. You might have 50 pounds of carbon. You're like, oh, man, but I paid for this carbon. Who cares? What's the cost of redoing a project? It's not worth it. Buy jet. You're dosing a small amount. It's not costing that much money, and you'll end up with a, a better product with way less hassle. Well, I also say, I mean, I, I don't know this for a, a fact, but if someone has, because I get this a lot, a lot of tech support, you know, they have not so much in plasticizer anymore. I think we've really gotten that across the table. You know, just use TVP. You're going to kill yourself trying to use 420s or 310s or optimum 380s or, you know, the rest of the stuff that's out there. It's just... In, the, in these kind of mixes, they're just not going to work very well, period. Uh, so, yeah, the next thing I'd like to do is just if I'll bet if whoever has an old stock of pigments, put them out there. Someone using other mixes might buy it from you. But if you want to put it in and that's what, you know, like he's using Maker Mix, but he really wants to use some old stock. I love this guy, too. So if he's listening Man, by the way, because I talked to him quite a bit. I think he's awesome. But his first conversations sometimes come off to me like, hey, man, you know, uh, the mix, 
you know, like it got really thick and I'm like, mm, well, it shouldn't <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, see, that's not the mix. And I know that's only, that's really my issue taking it personally. You know, that's a me issue because it's not the way he's intending it to come across. Uh, but the jet, the stone, the slate, uh, the alabaster, you know, those pigments are specifically also designed to go hand in hand with maker mix and rad mix. They will also work amazing in other mixes because these pigments had taking particle size, not just, you know, like the old days where you just like, oh, well, I bought these raw materials and I'm just going to blend them together to create a color. That's not what was done. Well, I guess technically in a way it was done, but the size of those particles became a major factor in the creation of these things. So, heck, you know, use them with whomever or your own personal mix and you will find a tremendous difference. And that, that was a, that was actually a question I got today from somebody um, as a comparison to someone else that was selling titanium. And I try to be pretty, again, I'm not trying to sell people, but I did answer his question to say like, well, you know, just letting you know, alabaster is done this way, and this is why it was done this way. So I'm not going to stand on a soapbox and say, oh, my goodness, uh, because, yeah, it'll, it'll make a really optimum white. There's no question about it. But if you want to buy this other stuff, you know, by all means, just don't turn around and hammer me that you think it's a mix issue if the other pigment was not designed with six, eight particle sizes going into it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And just so people know, because I think sometimes people think we only say things because we're trying to promote it. The margins on pigment suck. They're not that good. (laughs) The cost of pigment has skyrocketed, skyrocketed. But the cost we're selling it at has not skyrocketed in uh, relation to the cost of the raw materials. So if you don't buy it from us, we're, you know, it's not like we lost out yeah, on okay. thousands of dollars. We lost like 15 bucks, 17 bucks. Okay, not the end of the world. But if you do want to use the best pigments possible, and if you want to use the best pigments optimized for Kodiak Pro, then use the Kodiak Pro pigments because they're developed for this purpose. These aren't, we're buying sacks from China, and then we're just cutting them open and dumping them in buckets, you know, which is what a lot of companies do. And that's fine for flat work. Yeah. It's fine for, you know, things like that, but... What we're doing, the densities of the mix, the color density, and we're wanting to use lower volumes of pigment to get richer colors, that's how it's done. Right. Well, and because of cost. Exactly. And because pigments pigments play havoc with mixes. So anybody that does 10% carbon, tell me how that works out for you. That mix is wrecked, wrecked. You know, do do 10% of red or 10% of green or any of these things. Anything in a high dose like that will completely wreck your mix. And so by having, and we don't offer some of those colors, we might at some point, we, we, we did a poll a long time ago and we asked people, what are the colors you want? And these are the colors people wanted. But that being said, if we're able to provide a pigment that is based on a particle size to create the densest color possible and you're able to load it at a much lower rate, that keeps your mix much more workable, stronger, way less issues versus using a lower quality mix, lower, or I'm sorry, a lower quality pigment. It might be a lower cost pigment. You might save a few bucks for that, that pail of pigment, but you'll have to dose it so much higher that you didn't save any money. And then you created all these issues, foaming, air, chalking, cracking, you know, the, the carbon pieces I used to do, 
when I was sealing it, the rag would be black from wiping on the sealer. I mean, it's still coming off after I acid right. etched it. I rinsed it. I yeah, cleaned it. It's not it. locking into the matrix. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I mean, it's still, I'm applying, applying sealer and I pick up the rag and it's black because it's still coming off and that's the, the carbon pigment. So agreed, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's, it's so hard. I know we, you know, how many podcasts we into this now? 40, 50. I don't even know, <clears throat> but it's funny how we keep coming around in this circle. Cause here we are again, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm not throwing shade on any other companies, but I, I still truly believe there is a given perception and I don't know how other people run their businesses, meaning, um, manufacturing companies or material sourcing companies or whatever. But I do know coming from the background of the years of working with blue concrete and then the years uh, working together, you know, when we took over or purchased or whatever we want to call it, Buddy Rhodes products. And I know how those things ran. So I completely understand, let's say, the thought process that it's just about putting a puzzle together, right? Like you're just offering one more thing off the shelf. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I won't hash the whole thing again. But I really do like. And this is one I'm going to put a feather in. You know, I like, I truly, truly like the way you and I have, let's say, taken on Kodiak Pro from a direction that's not based on that. It's not. Well, it's distilled down to what you need. It's everything you yeah, need and nothing lean. you don't. Yeah, exactly. it's lean. And in that, these materials that we put together, yeah, I mean, we just didn't call someone and said, hey, you know, can we private label this? Uh, can we just downpack this from you? Can I order this in a cargo container and then send it someplace to have it downpacked? You know that we did, we didn't do that. I have no intention of doing those kind of things. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this other than, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It's yeah. frustrating. I guess that's what I'm really voicing here is some frustration and not frustration with the other companies per se that offer materials, but the frustration that anybody who has a question of using these materials based on an experience of using other materials who can't get really past the idea that it can't be anything different that these guys have done. They haven't come with a new approach or a new material. Um, that becomes frustrating. I yeah. guess that's what I'm really voicing. Well, dude, if, if, if I if I did not dread cleaning that form after casting the Buddy Rhodes mix, yeah, right? Because right. I still have Buddy Rhodes yeah. polymer up on the shelf, and I still have Buddy Rhodes plasticizer, and I have Portland and sand, and I have Ultra Seals. I could blend up that mix, and I could pour it, and I could do, I can mix it, I could pour it, and I could show people. Here's look at look at the foam coming up. Look at all this, you know. And I'll shake it, and I'll vibrate it, and I'll do all these things. And then the next day, when I pop it, you'll see a thousand air pockets, and I can show the form covered in concrete that I have to sit for the next 30, 45 minutes cleaning that off. You know all the things. And then honestly, probably thirty percent of the time, I got cracks in the concrete. Mm -hmm. Just you know, it just wasn't as strong of a mix. So demolding. I would get cracks. And I used to call you about that back when you were with that and yep. say, you know, what can I do, John? Because, I, you know, I don't get it on every piece, but I get it like on probably 30%. I have to right. recast because I get a crack running up this edge. So that was a problem. Well, especially on those chairs, right? That's I what mean, I'm saying. Those the chairs. Chair. Yeah. 
Well, that, yeah, and sorry I'm interjecting, but dude, those chairs are so, what's the word I'm going to use? I don't know. I can't think about it. You know, they are so tight and in line and whatever design, I'm sure you got a much more, you know, brilliant, beautiful name for calling it. But for me, I'm looking at a bunch of 90 corners. Well, it's a, know, very a, demanding, a very demanding, a very demanding mold. You go. A very demanding, yeah. you know, structure yeah. to not have things come apart. And not and, have and cracks. cracks. Any types of little shrinkage. Yes. If you do have any shrinkage, you're going to get cracks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. There's no question about it. Any flex. Yeah. You know, the mix isn't rigid enough, doesn't have enough strength, which we used to have with the polymer mixes because, you know, it was retarding the set and I demold it and I get a crack. So anyways, it, I, I could cast it. I still have those products on the shelf. I could still mix it up, cast it, show it. And then I could mix up Maker Mix, TBP, cast it and show the difference and not vibrate it, not doing that stuff and show how it's a thousand times better. And I wish people would, would stop thinking that me and you are just being salesmen. I do this for a living. I have client work backed up. I do this for a living and I do this every day and I mix concrete every day and I cast every day for customer projects. And I'm telling you from somebody that's done this for two decades, this is night and day difference. This isn't hyperbole. This isn't, oh, yeah, no, uh, it's way better. And then you cast it. I'm like, oh, this isn't any better. I'm telling you, it is game-changing, <laughs> mind-bending. Aiden has no idea. Yeah. He has no idea the pain of the old, the old way, you know? Right. But that's the thing. It's a frame of reference. Unless you've done it that way, then you won't know. And so for Aiden's walking in, like the pinnacle of concrete technology, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm like, dude, you have no idea, bro. But, you know, how'd he come in the Buddy Rhodes days compared to when we were doing Quick Crete 5000 with rebar and welded wire fabric? Well, then that would still seem like we're in the future, you know? Right. So we're exponentially further along, but it isn't a small gain in technology or uh, quality or whatever you want to call it. It is a quantum leap forward between what's currently on the market with all the other manufacturers, which are all very close to each other as far as, as quality and performance and mm -hmm. surface density yeah. and usability and workability and all those things. They're all, you know, pretty, if you like this product, you'll probably like that product. If you like that product, yeah, mm -hmm. you can make a switch to this one. It wouldn't be a big change. Yeah. But the difference between those and where we're at, they're not even in the same ballpark. They're so far apart. One's on the other side of the world. You know, one's in, yeah, in that's, the stratosphere. Yeah, that, that's an easy one for me to say because just in raw materials alone, knowing well, and, and people may, they'll like, no, you don't, John. Yes, I know. I know what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So, you know, that in of itself, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's no question. It's a, we're at a, an amazing spot. I hate to say a whole new blah. No, it really is amazing. It is. Dude, okay. I was going to say, so, Go ahead. so you just brought that up. So you do know, you do know. Yeah, I do. And like a new sealer will come on the market, right? Yeah. And I'll hit up John. John's like, oh, bro, it's this. And they'll send me a link. Yeah. Yeah. They're just repackaging it. And I'm like, son of a bitch. That is what it is. Like I, I go to that manufacturer's <laughs> right. website and I read about it and I look at the, the specs on it and everything. And I go back and I'm like, oh, it's exactly the same thing. And John's like, yeah, no, I know what that is. That's what it is. So, yeah, there's not much out there that you don't know what it is. And most no, of it I is repackaged products uh, if it's in the sealer world. And then the concrete products, they're, they're pretty basic. So... Well, that and here's something I'm going to say. I'm sure, believe it or not, and you may not believe this, Brandon, I'm sure there's people out there right now who are making or who you've already made up your mind 
that this is a direction you're absolutely unwilling to go. I am not going to pick up anything that's supported by John Schuler or Brandon Gore. I'm not going to give a dollar to Brandon Gore. I'm not going to give one dollar to these people for whatever the reason. And and I'm sure in your mind, maybe not. Maybe it's even a truly legitimate reason. Or maybe your friends don't like like one of us, and so you don't like us because your friend said... These guys, That's cool. these guys aren't, aren't nice to me. Whatever. It right, is. right. Yeah. But here's here's what I'm gonna add to that. Just you guys, and I'm sure. It's, so anybody, if you're just listening to this, like, you know, yeah, I can't stand John Schuler. I think he's an asshole. Well, okay, you can still think I'm an asshole. <laughs> You can still not like me, you know. I'm okay with that. But that's get some of this material. Build better in your business, although I got something to add to that here in a second. Build better better in your business. Go, you know, make your forms easier to clean. You know, do all the things we're talking about and still don't like me. <laughs> well, think of us like the soup Nazi, right? Okay. We have the best soup. We may not be the, we may not be the easiest people to to be around, right? Yeah, maybe. No soup for you, maybe. right? That's no us. No soup for you. Fine. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, but it's good soup. I'm okay with it's that. The best yeah. soup. The best soup. Yeah. Yeah. You can even come to a workshop, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, don't talk to me all week. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the deal, dude. Although nobody me does you that, really, but... all joking aside, we really are nice people. We are very friendly and we take our time to help people. And whether, you know, you know this or not, we do spend a ton of time and we have before even Kodiak Pro helping other people in this industry when they need help. So if somebody needs help with something, me and John help. We're not, we're not dicks. We're not any of that stuff. We're none of the things that, that our competitors well, would I'm have not. you think. Yeah. I'm not, Brian. Yeah. Well, I probably am, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if somebody's talking trash, think, why is this person talking trash? What do they have to gain talking trash? Oh, oh, they sell another product? Hmm. Hmm. What could be their motivation? I don't know. Um, well, what I was going to say along that lines... I'm all, I, now after talking, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna put him on notice. Simon Tipple, we got to get him back on a, a podcast too. Simon Tipple, sometimes, but you're not gonna know this until you pick up some Kodiak and use it. It's possible that these materials are actually too good for you. So the latest thing that Simon called me up is that. He presented some product to some customers and everything that we talk about, richness of color, density, solidness, you know, that this quality. Now you can, you, you're so excited because you've taken your material to this level, a level that you didn't think you could achieve, but it's a level Woo! you always wanted to see like, Woo-hoo! hell yeah, brother Sky's the limit, baby. And then you show it to them and they're like, Oh no, can't you? As can't he you take some the words, chains and beat it up yeah, a little bit? can't you muddy that up? <laughs> can't you, like, yeah, no. You know, can't you make that more porous? Well, let me let me get my competitor's uh, plasticizer, and yeah, we can make this like Swiss cheese. Is that what you want? You want Swiss cheese? All right, let me grab this real quick. Do you Poor want crappy Simon. sealer? Uh, I can order some. We can pour it on Yeah, here. so he, call, he called me up just going like, John, what do I do? <laughs> can I, is there something I can add to this to just make it crappier? You know, because take your pick. Anyway, I, yeah, it was so funny, man. It yeah. was so funny. So yeah, he had to backtrack a little bit and go a direction he wasn't happy with. But 
he had already done some, some previous things for these people. So, you know, so anyway, that's what it was, but, uh, yeah, he, he all, ex- could you imagine he's all excited? He's pumped up. He's like, this is amazing. And instead they're like, Hmm, yeah, that's too good. That's well, not, that's I actually not had that happen. I think I, I think I told this in a previous podcast. I can't remember, but I did this bar for this restaurant in Phoenix and, uh, the designer brought the client. The client was this really wealthy person. And, so the client comes in and he's like, he's from Mexico city. And he's like, I want this to have like broken edges and rebar sticking out. And, oh, yeah. you know, I want you to take like chains and beat it up. And I'm like, no, 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 bro. That's, that's <laughs> Mickey mouse. That's Disneyland. That's fake. That's faux. I'm not going to do that. But what I will do is I will do a board formed edge. Cause you're from Mexico city. A lot of the concrete there is formed with raw wood. You know, it's not smooth mm-hmm. forms. I think that's what we're responding to is the, the rawness of it. I'll do board-formed edge. I'll seal it with ICT one time only, okay? I'm not going to go through all the steps. I'm just going to do one coat of ICT. And what it'll do is it'll age in time. And it'll age, you know, more substantially than if I went through the whole process of sealing it with ICT. But we'll just let it be. How about that? How about we don't do any of the faux stuff? We don't sponge it with a with a sea sponge. And I don't do any of that crap, right? I don't take a Dremel to it and go, I don't, you know, none of that. Let's just let it be. And he loved it. Loved it. When I installed it, he loved it. Six months later, he loved it. Two years later, it was the best thing ever because it was real. It was real. You yeah. let things be what they are. You don't do faux. And so if people want faux, eh, you know, just tell them like, hey, I'll tell you what. You know, I'll lower the, I'll lower the TBP. I'll make it thick, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll just dump yeah. it in there. We'll let it have air pockets, whatever. That's what you want. That's let what it you be. Got. Yeah. Yep. But uh, all the other crap of like taking baking soda and water and a sponge and sponge. I remember people used to do that all the time. Sponge it in or throwing rock salt in your form and all that kind of stuff. It's a very faux, faux looking result. Yeah, it's the same. I remember, what, you know, for a while there, I mean, this is really going back. You know, everybody, well, not everybody. There was a group of individuals very much into the really, really has, acid stained. Right? Oh, yeah. Drippy, yeah. They paint it. They dripping. paint it on. Yeah. Yeah, like rivers, like rivers running across tables and, and yeah, brown and green and all these funky things going on. And God bless you. There's, there's a market out there for that, but does it have longevity? Will it be around in 10, 15 years in that house? Probably not. This current owner likes it, but when the house sells, they're like, what is this? I'm going to get that out of here. You know, it doesn't have longevity, but some people like that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a big into authenticity. So Mm -hmm. I know we've said that a long time. And then speaking of people who have been taking a rash on stuff, so there's a couple of things. Just because I was talking about Simon having to, uh, let's say, degrade his work or backtrack on his work, which was funny. We, had, we him and I, he called me and we just had tell a, him to use a competitor's product. There you go, yeah. bro. Don't <laughs> yeah, use Kodiak Pro for this. Use <laughs> right. That's what he beep. did. I'm just gonna put a beep in it yeah. right now. Just use there beep, you and you'll end up with crappy concrete. And there you go. Your client be yeah. happy. Yeah. Who is the other one? Martin Haddock. So again, we got to get him back on now that materials have, you know, finally showed up over there. And I know we still joke, but the reality is just letting everybody know, we just put it on a little raft and we just kicked it off the shore, (laughs) hoping the raft was finally going to show up in England. And finally, apparently it finally did. Mm -hmm. But that being said, yeah, he had that recently too, right? That he got accused by an architect that his work was subpar. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Because he got a chip in it and he had to repair a chip, a chip that wasn't his own doing. Right. Somebody else chipped it, a trade or somebody chipped it and he repaired it. And then the the architect, uh, what I, I responded to that and I said, the only solution, at least in my opinion, is to tell the client, 
hey, I don't want anybody to be unhappy. I tell you what, I'm going to refund your money in full. I'm going to pull these pieces yeah. out and we'll call it a day. I don't want you to be unhappy. And I guarantee they're like, no, 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 no. We love it. We love it. That's always the way that goes, right? Years ago, I did this uh, project in Phoenix and it was for a demolition company. And they wanted super heavy, like broken rock. They wanted it to look like broken concrete slabs, but uh, because they do demolition. So their reception counter was like massive rebar, like three inch diameter rebar coming up. And they had welded steel plates and these concrete countertops dropping over it for like the desk and, you know, all these different things. But they wanted a super, super aggressive edge, which I didn't want to do. And I told them that. I said, guys, I, you know, there's people going to be leaning against this. Kids could run into it. I'd prefer to soften it. Like, no, no, no. We want to be like, it just, we broke a slab in half. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's your project. Yeah. So I do it. Pieces came out great. Beautiful. Beautiful. I was happy with them. Uh, we took them to the job site. This is back when I did installation before I'd learned my lesson on that. But I took them to the job site and the client was there. The uh, project manager, superintendent, I guess, was there. He was the one that I'd been dealing with the whole time, right? So the client comes over, the owner of this demolition company. He's like, oh, my God, these are beautiful. They're, they're on the trailer. These are beautiful. This edge is perfect. The color's perfect. He's like, you guys knocked it out of the park. I can't believe how good this is, right? Awesome. That's what I love to hear. So we start un unstrapping the pieces, carrying them in, setting them. And I noticed the project manager, the superintendent, whoever this guy is, walks over and he's like talking to the owner. Now they still owe me the 50% remainder, right? So him and the owner over there are like having like this like little powwow. And I know what's going on. The superintendent's like, hey, or the project manager, I'm going to get you a discount. Wait, yeah. watch, you know, we're not going to pay full price on this. Let me, let me take care of this. So the project manager comes over to me. We're about halfway done and says, hey, we're not happy with these. The owner doesn't like them. I said, really? Because just 10 minutes ago, he was over at the trailer, oohing and on and telling me how great they were and how it blew his mind and it was the best thing he ever seen. He's like, well, he doesn't like them now. I said, that's unfortunate, but I get it. I tell you what, I don't want to be unhappy. Guys, that piece you just put on, get it off. Get the other pieces off. Let's strap it up. I'm gonna go, I got a checkbook in my truck. I'm going to cut you a check for your deposit. We're going to be out of your hair. Okay? I don't want you guys being happy. You guys have a great day. Owner comes running over. No, 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 no. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm like, are you sure? Because this guy right here just told me you didn't like it. No, yeah. I love it. Please, please don't take them. You know, we'll cut you a check. I'm sorry. We love it. But that's the games people play. And you got to be willing to call the bluff and be like, and maybe it's not even a bluff, but you got to be willing to say, I don't want you to be unhappy. I honestly want you to be 100% happy with this. If you're not, just tell me. I will refund your money in full. Okay? I want you I'll to be keep happy. the deposit. No, I'm not. Because that even tells them, I don't care. Take, <laughs> take it all, bro. I got other projects in the queue. I, I can't waste any more time on this. We're going to take those pieces. We'll donate them to Goodwill. Uh, you know, Habitat for Humanity, whatever. You have a great day. And uh, I've done that a few times. And it has worked every single time in my favor in the sense of I'm calling their bluff. They're trying for one reason or another. This architect is trying to exert whatever superiority and, and all this kind of stuff. And just say, you know, and he's starting to influence the client. The client loved it. But now the client's not loving it because the architect's throwing a fit saying that subpar. Hey, guys, I don't want you to feel that way. Honestly, yep. here you go. I got a checkbook. I'm going to write you a check. We're going to get that out of here. And uh, I wish you the best. You guys have a great day. See, I don't understand those games, man. I really don't. I'm not a fan of them. Yeah, I'm not a fan of them. I'm not a fan either, but that's the way it goes. And you got to be willing to, to walk away. Agreed. I told you about the Let's one. See. Well, I want to tell one Go more ahead. story because I like telling stories. I told you about the one with the guy with the sink and the sealer, the white concrete. Remember that? 
Did I tell you about that? When he said the sealer ran, I'm like, dude, it's it's not a topical. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I did a sink years ago for this guy. It was the most aggravating client I ever had in my life. A white sink where I poured in SEC Chief RC white. I poured in some. I put a backer form. I poured in more. I put in another backer form. I poured in more. I put on like a top hat form and then poured more. So it's like three or four pours, right? And when you do that, you end up like little, I call them lift lines or like yeah, little tonal lines. shifts, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just a, it's an artifact of the process. As Michael Carmody would say, it's an artifact of the process. It's non-structural, it creates no problems. It's just slight tonal shifts, which I like. I personally like it about it. Like this is a real product and this tells the story of how it was made. And it's not a, it's not a flaw or an imperfection. It's part of the beauty of it. So anyways, and it's a white sink, by the way. So I personally cast this sink. I personally process it. I personally seal it. I personally put it in the crate and ship it to the guy who's up in Canada. So I ship it to him and he calls me up or he sends me an email and he's like, hey, I just got this sink <clears throat> and I think the sealer ran. And I said, what do you think that? And he's like, well, because there's like, there's like a, a line. But you, mind you, you can't feel it. Like there's no like tactile bump or anything. It's just a slight tonal shift in, in the mold. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, I, I pour that in lifts. Um, essentially, I pour some, put a backer mold, pour some more. And, and those are tonal shifts. Totally fine. It's in you know, every piece we do like this. Uh, I assure you, your sink is fine. And he emails him back. He's like, what's a lift line? So I'm like, oh, so I got to explain to him. He's like, well, I know. I feel like the sealer ran. I said, well, it's not a topical sealer, meaning it's not a coating. It's a reactive sealer. It reacts with the concrete. There's no yeah. buildup of it. So no, there is no sealer to run. There's no run of sealer. I promise you. And so this goes back and forth like four or five times back and forth to him arguing with me about it. And then finally, and he says, dude, I will pay for your ticket to come up here and look at it. And I said, I don't need to look at it. I personally made it. I personally sealed it. I looked at it from two inches away for several days. I know what that sink looks like. And I'm telling you, it is a perfect sink. Perfect. And I made hundreds, if not thousands of sinks. And that's a perfect sink. I don't need to fly up there. He's like, yeah, but I want you to fly up here and look at it and just, and just confirm that it's not a problem. I said, I'm confirming with you. It's not a problem. And then he says, well, I'm going to have my buddy who does concrete come over and take a look at it and tell me if he thinks there's a problem. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoo. Like that is completely, completely a slap in the face at that point of like questioning my expertise. This person you hired in a totally different country to make your sink, you, now you're saying that I don't know what I'm doing, that I don't know what, what is good and what's bad and if there's a problem. So I just said, do you still have the crate? And he's like, yeah. I said, put that sink back in the crate. I'm going to overnight you a check. I'm going to, you know, I'll send it FedEx. And I'm going to have a truck come pick that up. I don't want you to be unhappy. No, 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 no. I'm not unhappy. I love the sink. I think it's beautiful. I just want to make sure there's not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And I just responded back like, dude, this is my last email to you. I've already told you 50 (laughs) times there's no problem with that sink. I'm not going to tell you again. If you want to keep it, great. If you don't, I'll refund your money and have a truck pick it up. And that was that. I never heard from him again. But that happens. Well, I want to finish this podcast out and talk about someone who has reached out to a few Kodiak Pro customers in some negative ways. And I wanted to let that person know, or those people know, that mental illness is real. There are some individuals with mental difficulties and struggles. We wish you very well. So anybody who did get reached, you know, who got contacted by this particular person, please take it with a grain of salt. Be kind. 
Um, there, you know, there are people out there struggling in a very different ways. I don't know how else to address it other than to let them know that, you know, we as Kodiak, John Schuler, Brandon Gore, we do not have any direct affiliations with these people, but we do absolutely wish you the best. I hope you get help and, uh, and, you know, realize that those struggles are all real with people. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. All right, buddy. All right. Anything else? Oh, well, I do have something else. Yeah. I forgot to mention. So we have the Concrete Design School Summer Pinnacle Concrete Camp, the last workshop at my Rammed Earth studio in Eureka Springs, which the closer it gets, the sadder I get about it. I'm feeling actually pretty legitimately sad about the whole thing because uh, I love the studio. I love this place. I love everything about it. But it is what it is. As Aaron says, it's not, it's not yours anymore. He sold it. So, uh, but that's coming up June 20th through the 25th. We've had nine registrations. Okay. In a week and a half, Sweet. nine people registered. We cap at 20. We're halfway full in a week and a half. If you want to get in on that class, get in. Today is the day, not tomorrow, not the next day, today, today, concrete design school, go to the website, register. We want to see you there. That's number one. Uh, number two, the t-shirts that we got, the, uh, we were doing a pre-sale before the concrete lasts forever. You won't, they're here. And same oh, that's thing. Awesome. they're about halfway sold out. So we still have, I think we have every size still in stock, but I'll have to do another order here, uh, because they're selling pretty quick. So, uh, if you want to get one of those, go to kodiakpro.com and click on the shop and then merchandise and anything else, John? No, I just, I guess that's what I was going to say with the workshop coming up. This is not the, the last workshop in history, but it is the last one in Eureka Springs. Correct. If someone's a diehard and you want to come out and have it proved to you, please come on out. Not only would you have the chance for all hands-on with the materials and the sealer, it is an incredible opportunity to work hand-in-hand hand with us. This is We are not much on, I don't know, school time, right? We don't sit at desks. I, we don't, there's no chalkboards to go over. No um, whiteboards. No whiteboards. Hanging on a garage door. Kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So come out. It's, it's a great week. It'd probably be extremely overwhelming with materials, you know, information, materials, booklets. Uh, but if you want to see the hands-on techniques and you want to mix glass fiber in there and follow every procedure that we talk about and then step back and say, prove it to me. That's what we're there for. Yep. I'd love to see you there. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And it's going to be summertime in Eureka Springs. Eureka Springs, Arkansas is a phenomenal town. So come have a great time at the workshop and then have a great time in town in the evening, going yeah. out, getting drinks, getting great food, live music. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope to see you there. We already have nine people coming. We want to see you in it as well. Gosh, that's just right around the corner too, isn't it? Yeah, like six isn't weeks. Like, like about six is weeks. Is it really? Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six weeks. Eh, maybe five. Five, six weeks. I don't know. I'm bad at math. But something like that. <laughs> you just got that saying how precise you have to be. <laughs> Dude, I'm precise with a scale. I'm terrible. Man. But I use, terrible. I use, you know, my iPhone, I open up, I swear to God, every time it's like 2.25 bags times 76. Okay, there's my, there's the number of, uh, the amount of TBP I need. I always do everything with a calculator. I don't like try to do it in my head. Screw it. So. No, I do the same thing. Yeah. I still remember the one time Ernie came out to my shop and he's like, oh, I can't believe you buy these scales. You know, what? why do you need them to be within, you know, whatever, 0.01 grams? 
because you're a salesman. That's why you don't understand. (laughs) That's why you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, most most of the tech people out there that answer the phone for these other companies have no idea what they're talking about because they've never done it. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know. know. Yeah. (sighs) All right, buddy. All right. I'm going to do some yoga now. Sweet. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to do, some yoga. I know that legitimately I do. Yeah. I got to get more limber. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, buddy. On that note. Good talking to you. Yeah, buddy. Adios. Adios.